This is Keyshawn Rains, the host of Working Title with Keyshawn Rains, where amazing things happen. A series of past the collection plate style conversations with a Creole, queer, femme, yogi, mom, coach, author, and of course, podcast host with a nomadic soul, a quirky sense of humor, and an activator of empowerment. These conversations are just a chance for me to speak on ways to be mindful in a mindless world. Stories are shared, folks are empowered, inspired, and impacted to be more phenomenal versions of themselves through simple conversations about complex like love, life, and the pursuit of being real. Thanks for listening. <laughs> we made it. We made it. Well, I'm I'm excited to connect with you just because one, um, you know, I, I noticed the content that you share online and it really stood out to me and I wanted to just have a chance to kind of talk to you and get to know you a little bit better. And then also amidst all of the craziness that's going on in our world right now, I'm just glad that you're still available. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of bizarre about like, you know, it's just, yeah, it's crazy, but nonetheless, before we, so, um, yeah. So yeah, so welcome, 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 and um, I'm going to give you a chance to introduce yourself to the listeners, tell us your name, what you do, and what you stand for. Sure, so my name is Reba, and I am a pleasure-positive sex educator. I started a company called Sexpert Consultants back in 2015, and through this company, I host, teach create and train others to teach um, workshops that are pleasure positive, but educational. So um, pleasure positive sex education is really just um, what we don't learn in school. So typically we learn like how not to get pregnant or how not to get STDs, Mm -hmm. but we don't learn uh, what orgasms are and how to find our own pleasure. Uh, before we start to rely on others for that. So uh, that's that's the work that I do. And um, what do I stand for? That's a good question. So um, it's going to have to do with pleasure, right? But <laughs> mm-hmm. um, uh, as a certified sex educator, I think that's like my number one like goal in life. But I, I would say that, you know, if I had to like pick a, a tagline or like a, a sentence that really sums up my work I think it would be pleasure is a human right Um, Mm. and either that or you know self-pleasure equals self-care but these are all things I want to get t-shirts one day right (laughs) yes exactly exactly t-shirts bumper stickers keychains all the above Um, (laughs) but yeah so so that's what I do and that's I kind of started this work because um it was kind of a joke. <laughs> um, yeah. Really? Was, okay. Tell me yeah, more about I that. Selling, um, <laughs> I was selling sex toys door to door. No, I'm joking. It wasn't door to door, but I was selling sex toys with my like, <laughs> okay. side hustle. Um, and at mm-hmm. the suggestion of a friend and the encouragement of my husband, believe it or not, um, she, a friend of mine was like, you know, you could probably teach a blowjob class. And I was like, whoa, 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 wait, no. <laughs> um, but what are you right, saying? Right? Right. <laughs> and then I was like, well, actually, I probably could. I mean, I was writing grants uh, for nonprofits. I was in like the nonprofit development space before I got into sex education. Mm-hmm. And so I um, definitely isn't something that I thought I would 
like be doing, but definitely something that I felt called to once I got, you know, in the door. So I realized that before I could sell a toy to anybody, I had to tell them about their bodies and like, you know, how Mm. a clitoris works and how many orgasms penises are capable of achieving. And people just were, I love to see people's minds blown, right? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then I, I, I was also able to just see how that knowledge really transformed people and their decisions around, you know, sexual communication and just sexual intimacy in general. And so, um, so I w- started to work with other, you know, sexuality professionals, therapists, counselors, doctors, urologists, gynecologists, pelvic floor therapists to create a series of classes, um, that would focus on all of the, you know, common um, either misconceptions or like just common areas where we don't have knowledge. And that's around orgasms primarily and how the body functions during sex um, and then how to talk about it. So Mm. that's really powerful. Like just listening to you share that and even just using like what was coming up for me was like, wow, she just speaks of this, like, just so comfortably. And she's just saying penis and blowjob and (laughs) orgasm. Like it's just a regular Tuesday morning, you know? And I think that's kind of the point, you know, of, I think some of the work that you do, if I understand it is pleasure, positive sex educator, pleasure, positive sex education. And like you said in the beginning that most of us, you know, who grew up in the United States or went to a traditional, you know, school setting, remember maybe around the fifth grade where they put the boys in one room and they put the girls in another room and they showed the video about periods and, you know, that was pretty much it. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't even think the boys had a video. I think they just went outside and played, yeah. you know? And so a lot of the education that we got that we received about sex as children was either very, very medical you know, very anatomical and very little about the emotional or even the spiritual experiences that happen during sex, whether it's, you know, solo sex or sex with a partner. Um, we definitely did not talk about orgasms <laughs> when I was in school. And then even in the 10th grade, when we went back and the, the boys and the girls were in the same room was when we learned, like you said, how not to get pregnant, how not to get STDs. But again, it was more from a medical perspective and, less from like an emotional perspective. And also it was very frightening in a lot of ways. It wasn't encouraging. It wasn't empowering. It for damn sure wasn't motivating uh, anybody. It's not speaking for myself mm-hmm. to say like, Ooh, yeah, I want to go do that no. now. You know, it was more like, Ooh, that's the last thing I want to do. And so I want to ask a little bit, how did you make the transition from the nonprofit sector into pleasure positive sex education. What did that journey look like? Oh for you? man, what a great question. So it was tough. I'm not even gonna lie. Um, I really didn't want to come out of the closet because for a while I was kind of moonlighting as a sex educator, right? So um, <laughs> you know, I wrote grants by day, I sold dildos by night. It just kind of was <laughs> what it was. And um I think things kind of all came crashing, not crashing, but kind of like all came to came full circle for me when mm-hmm. I was working on this um, political campaign, raising money. And um, the campaign made headlines because, you know, the candidate was either dropping out of the race or, you know, there was, I forget what, there was some kind of controversy, but it was the same day that my business made headlines because I was teaching a fellatio workshop in Eastern market. <laughs> and, wow. and they were on the front page. 
page of the DCS at the same time. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Guess I'm out of the closet now. No more moonlighting for me. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it was one of the biggest um, pieces of media that my company had gotten very early on. And so I was really happy to get it, but then also frightened because I did. I had to come out of the closet. Um, and then I had ended up working at another place and this ended up being my last um you know full-time job before I jumped headfirst into um, entrepreneurship but I was a uh, development director for this nonprofit, and um, they had sent out like information about me and like I was a new hire I was the new development director and they linked to my website which had tickets for my fellatio workshop for sale (laughs) (laughs) that's fun so at that point I was like okay this is warning number two like I've either got to get in or get out (laughs) right it's like I have to either say what are you talking about that's not me that's someone else with the same exact name with the same face no that's that's someone else or just fully stand in it claim it and exactly and I mean there was a lot of shame that came up for me around that like it was Mm. you know is this like is this really what I'm about to do with my life (laughs) um and Mm. then um right around the time that the administrations changed my nonprofit uh laid me off and my husband Mm. had given he was like look you can get another nonprofit development job and we'd be fine or you could really like see where it goes if you just put like you know your nine to five into your business and I was like what yep really I can do that Um, Mm -hmm. I did and um, this is year three of me being full-time and I it's the best decision I ever made so I love that I love that I love (laughs) stories like that I really do because I know there's so many people who are on the fence about becoming an entrepreneur, developing a business, you know, becoming self-employed, stepping away from what can otherwise be described as like the comfort of a nine to five and being able to share and listen and hear the journeys of other entrepreneurs in different, you know, fields of business, different, you know, different practices, et cetera. But there's a commonality amongst all of us where we had that moment whether it was planned or unplanned, like you said, your business ending up on the DC is next to (laughs) something else. And, oh, I guess I'm doing this now. (laughs) Or, you know, there's people who are sitting at their nine to fives and they're hoping and wishing and praying and wondering how they can just get out, how they can begin. And sometimes, you know, they have time to plan and other times, you know, it, it starts off being that side hustle or like you said, that thing that you're kind of moonlighting at, like, oh yeah, I do that too, as opposed to this is what I do. This is where I stand firmly as a professional. And this is what I'm going to continue to do to build going forward. So congratulations on making it to year three. That is a huge accomplishment. Um, It's a huge, huge accomplishment. So yes, I encourage you to keep moving forward with that. So I have a question about your husband. Now, where did he fall in to all of this uh, pleasure, positive sex education the training were you was he your homework or how did how did you incorporate him into your studies <laughs> yeah well so he is definitely my guinea pig for sure okay um, so I sell sex toys too so whenever there's a big shipment like a big box for my distributor that comes in he's like oh here we go like 
right now I'm one of the things that I'm um, tasked with testing out is this um, like you can make a mold of your partner's um, genitals and turn it into a sex toy. Mm-hmm. And so, so, so that's on our list of quarantine things to do. <laughs> tasked to do yeah. while inside. We're going to put your penis inside yeah. this mold. Okay. Sit real still. Then it'll be my turn. And <laughs> Yeah, pretty. I mean, that's exactly how it's gonna go. <laughs> so, so, I, I mean, but it. yeah, no, he's he is. Uh, the other thing is, like, as being my husband, I I share a lot about like my own personal experiences, um, both with him and without him. And so, mm-hmm. I think it takes, you know, a level of security um, that I don't think would would really be possible with any other relationship. My husband and I have known each other for seventeen years, and we've been married for five years this year. So. Um, you know, I am super grateful to have like a support system. Like he's, I call him my pillow, you know, like when the world beats Mm. you up, he's kind of just like my soft place to land. Um, and so like, I, he often has to take a backseat to work, you know, as spouse Mm -hmm. of an entrepreneur often does sometimes. Um, but he's been super like such a champ about it. Um, and I think it's because he knows like ultimately, once we're making like lots and lots of money, right? It'll that all of the sacrifice will okay. pay off. So, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's that's valuable. Having, like you said, having a partner, um, family, children, you know, anyone in your life that really, really, even if they don't see the full, full vision the way that you do, can at least honor the vision, support the vision, and respect mm-hmm. the vision of an entrepreneur. That's very valuable. Whether you're starting a business in you know, teaching yoga and meditation and coaching like I do, or, you know, pleasure, positive sex education, Mm -hmm. like what you're doing, having someone, especially a partner, I think in the type of work that you do, that not only is able to be flexible and be patient and be a little bit brave, you know, to be able to try some of the things that you are learning, but also to be okay. And like you said, secure enough in the relationship so that when you're teaching a fellatio workshop and everyone knows you're married, they're like, oh, he must be the one she's talking about. <laughs> and for him to be okay yeah. with that, you know, yeah. <laughs> for him to feel yeah. comfortable with that, you know, because I can only imagine where, you know, in relationships where that's not the case, that might be a little more complicated. Oh, yeah. So in your, in your workshop, so for example, let's use the fellatio workshop for an example. Would you kind of describe what that experience looks like if someone were to come to the workshop? What kind of things would they, would they see and hear and taste what what happens there it's a very sensual experience no i'm kidding um it is (laughs) no so it's um it's it's a two-hour class believe it or not um and Mm. it's 90 minutes of instruction um and then i bake in about 30 minutes you know for bathroom breaks and for people to ask questions Mm. um but the class is is kind of divided into three parts so the first part of class we learn about the male anatomy for pleasure from the tip to the testicles and beyond, what um, parts of the penis are prime for pleasing. <laughs> um, and then we, the next part of class, we go over the seven in great fellatio every time. Mm. Um, in, in wow. There's seven, seven ingredients, ingredients <laughs> right? Um, including how to prioritize your pleasure, right? So 
how do you mm. how you can get as the giver real pleasure from um, performing fellatio and then the last mm. part of class I, I go over 20 tricks for getting the job done a little faster so when your neck hurts and your jaws are tired you have some some techniques to fall back on <laughs> I love it and I love that it's so it's technical it's yeah. educational it sounds like yep. it's fun. Like you said, it's also a very sensual mm-hmm. experience. Now, in a workshop like this, is this a workshop where partners would participate? Or do you kind of come home, learn, you come to class, you learn, then you go home and you yeah. practice? Yeah, so or... I, for the fellatio okay. workshop, I limit it to fellatio givers only, right? Yeah. Givers only. So okay, got it. Okay. Don't bring your partner to that one. Now, for the cunnilingus workshop, I don't limit it only because there's mm-hmm. less people who want to who I've found want to learn about cunnilingus and because the clitoris wasn't discovered until 1998 most of us don't know the things that are covered in our cunnilingus class so we allow everyone partners and everyone to come to that class okay so everyone who wants to learn about cunnilingus to your class and go home potentially with a happier exactly partner. or a happier <laughs> self I mean you never know yeah. or a happier self yeah now I thought it was kind of interesting so you touched on something with your fellatio workshop for an example is for givers only and you said that there's some kind of way for that to be more pleasurable for the giver that's something oh, you cover yeah. in this class <laughs> Oh, yeah. Okay. So, Matches and Johnson say that the more pleasure your partner thinks you're getting from pleasing them, the more pleasure they feel in return. So, it's the cycle of pleasure, right? So, we talk about how you can get real pleasure from performing fellatio and by talking about the number one key ingredient, which is enthusiasm, right? And so if, mm-hmm. but, but, but what makes you really enthusiastic about pleasing your partner, right? Like if, yeah. if there was a way that you could get like almost orgasmic arousal from pleasing your partner, you would probably please them more mm. often. Right. And so right. that's one of the things we right. talk about in my fellatio workshop. <laughs> that makes so much sense. That makes so much sense. It's kind of like, I think of like, if you enjoy preparing food, you know, for instance, love to cook and you put your heart and your soul and all of your enthusiasm and joy into preparing an amazing meal for your partner and then you kind of just sit back and just watch them enjoy it and you smile and you pat yourself on the back like look at what I did and so applying that same plus more I'm sure mentality to fellatio giving pleasure to your partner yeah I can only imagine as opposed to being like come on dude let me go ahead and do this thing (laughs) get out of my face you know what I mean it's gonna it's gonna be like you said more of a of an exchange of energy versus I'm just doing this job which is really interesting that they call it a blow job um you know I'm gonna do this job for you and then I'm gonna maybe get a ring or something out of it I don't know but it's otherwise you want it to be more of an exchange of energy, an exchange of pleasure. So I am learning so much Uh, right now. I'm taking so many notes. (laughs) It's so funny that you um, make the analogy of food um, to what I do because I married a chef. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And not for nothing, because what we realize both about what we, about what we both do is food and sex are probably two of the most sensual experiences that humans can have. And when I say sensual, I don't mean like lusty or sexy. I mean, sensual, like, 
satisfying and gratifying to all of the senses, sight, sound, taste, touch, smell. And when we can really get inside of our bodies, we enjoy all of these sensual experiences a lot more. And so as a student of Ayurveda and, um, you know, a a practicer of of yoga, um, I definitely am like seeing a lot of the uh, similarities between like self-care and Mm. like our sexual self right we talk a lot about self-care and like exercise and um, eating right and doing yoga and breath work right but we don't really talk about well what does sexual self-care look like right Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's one thing that I'm really studying just personally, like what is the cross section of self-care and sensuality and how can I infuse that in my work? Yes. Yes. I love that. When you said Ayurveda, I was like, she's a student of Ayurveda. Of course she is because it makes so much sense, you know? And, and even like you said, taking the word sensual and really in a sense, like dissecting it from just uh, sexy yeah. or, you know, something that has to do with sex itself. Sensual is the embodiment of all senses. It's, a, it's an activity. It's a practice that embodies or, or touches on or ignites or energizes all of the senses. And in truth, yoga, the physical practice of yoga is a sensual experience because we're doing breath work, because we're doing physical movement, because we're doing, you know, maybe there's aromatherapy in the room, maybe there's touch from the instructor, etc. So when you think about a sexual experience, there are sexual experiences that sometimes aren't very sensual. You know, they're, they're lacking in some kind of way, or if they're, if they're igniting certain parts of you, it might be parts of you that you're like, this is really doing it yeah. for me not quite what I was hoping for. And so it ends up being, I guess, a less pleasurable experience. And I'm glad that you touched on finding ways or learning ways to bring self-pleasure, sensuality, and sensual pleasure into the practices of self-care. Because I think that sometimes we leave it out, you know, and you know, if you go down a self-care checklist, it's like, go to the spa, get a oh massage, take a nap, take a <laughs> yeah. walk, da, 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 read a book, write in take a journal. A yes, all those things are <laughs> take a bath, you know, cook yourself a lovely meal, mm-hmm. whatever. Those are all really wonderful, valuable experiences. However, <laughs> I think that for me personally, when I'm having a day, one of those days where I'm like, oh my God. If something else goes wrong today, I'm going to slap someone. Um, and I've meditated and I've done my yoga and I've had my nap and I've taken my walk and I wrote my journal. You know what I mean? I lit my candle and nothing, nothing is giving me what I need is when I take myself on a self-pleasure oh, experience. Oh, yes, ma'am. And I put on some music or I run that bath and it's a different kind of bath. And after that moment of orgasm, I'm like, oh, that's what I needed. Well, there you okay. go. So as a, a, a student of yoga, right, I also have discovered Shavasana, right? It's that right after mm-hmm. yoga, that feels like corpse pose where it's like, oh, this is like all of the goodness of yoga just soaking into my body. Do you know that the sexual, the human sexual response cycle has what's called the resolution phase, which is pretty much the same thing. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) See, 
it's all connected. It so connected. I love it. <laughs> yes, that makes so much sense. And it is that feeling like, you know, when I was, I remember being like a young teen and like watching movies and, you know, you see a sex scene in the movie and it's like the climax and then they like fall to the blankets and they're like, ah, <laughs> the exhale at the end. And I'm like, what's that about? What is that? <laughs> what does that look like? And then I remember you know, having that first, you know, orgasmic experience and then also having that first Shavasana experience. And I was like, oh, this is a good tingly yeah. little feeling, you know, and knowing that there's different ways to get there. And I think that, you know, when I think of a pleasure positive sex educator who is a mm-hmm. black woman, that means oh, a lot yeah. to me. That means so much to me as, as a fellow black woman, a fellow woman of color. And because sexuality and our bodies, you know, we've gone through a lot, you know, as black women around that particular, you know, area of our lives. And in a lot of ways, I think we've separated ourselves from our bodies. In a lot of ways, I think we've separated ourselves from the privilege of pleasure, And I think that sometimes we step so deeply into our roles as nurturers, as providers, and we forget that we get to nurture and provide for ourselves through the pathway of pleasure. And when I saw what you do, when I started looking, I was like, yeah, we need more people (laughs) like her. We need more people having these conversations because I've been to you know, sex parties. I mean, I've been to uh, sex parties, meaning a party, like a Tupperware party yeah, where they're selling, that's, you know, that's, products. What I, that's how I started. Um, so I started out as one of those yeah. girls who would show up at the party with a bu- bucket of sex toys and, you know, tell you what I knew. But I learned really quickly that I didn't know a lot. And so I had to get educated. Mm-hmm. And that's what made me go get certified and how it kind of started my journey. But yeah, yeah. so you've, you've been to those parties. Yeah, I've been to those parties where, you know, I bought something and I get home and I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do with that. <laughs> and it ends up in the bottom yeah. of a drawer. Um, and I'm like, you know, or some, a friend will say, girl, you know, you got to try the such and such. And I'm like, mm, I don't know if that's going to work for me. And I noticed that when I would go to these Tupperware sex parties that I would buy a bunch of product and not really have any connection to the product itself or, you know, not really have any training like that went along with it. It was more like a demonstration, which, you know, wasn't really a demonstration. It was more like, look, see, touch, feel. But when you get home, figure it out on your own. So as a person like yourself and a professional like yourself, how do you, do you follow up with your, um, you know, students or clients once they come to a workshop or what does that relationship look like between you and the people who come to your workshops after yeah, it's done? So I actually, so beyond workshops, I actually, um, I hold space for women to talk about sex twice a month, um, at, a, an event I called women uncorked. Um, so mm. every second and fourth Wednesday, um, in Georgetown and in union market, so second Wednesdays in Georgetown, fourth Wednesdays in Union Market. Right now we're doing them virtually through May. So if you can't make it out, please try our virtual class, um, virtual event. But it's basically just an, a place where women come together. We have wine together and we um, we talk about sex. But we talk about sex. Um, the, the topics and the questions are submitted anonymously. We write them down on index cards and put them in a box and I just kind of curate them throughout the night and I show up as just a regular woman but also you know when I need to I'll put my sex educator hat on to kind of dispel myths or just you know 
disseminate truth and mm. facts about our bodies so that people, you know, aren't, mm. uh, you know, giving bad advice or advice that's not rooted of in course. You know, evidence, right. right? But And so that people can know right. the facts and, like, make their own opinions. So, but with that said, right. so yeah, I, I'm trying to, I'm building space, right? I'm, I'm building space for us to just keep coming back, right? Because what we find, or at least what I find is that when you show up to a class about oral sex in front of a bunch of complete strangers, and then you start to ask questions that can sometimes get really personal, you develop kind of a relationship mm. with those people that you've been sitting in the class with for the next two hours, right? And so... You do, you do. And so I've, I noticed early on that there was a, a real want to like stay connected between the people in, the, in my class. And so mm-hmm. uh, whenever I see that happen, I always invite them out to Women Uncorked. And I really have created a community. There are lots of women all races all ages all backgrounds who come together to just talk about like and we don't talk about what's ailing you we're not getting all in your business but like whatever you want to talk about is what we talk about and the circle is just so Mm -hmm. it's empowering and it's liberating and to be honest beyond that right before we even get to creating space and community in the classes the reason Mm -hmm. why the classes are so long is because it's not just the penis anatomy that I'm teaching you I'm teaching you all the anatomy, all of the the male anatomy, the Mm. female anatomy, how a clitoris works, because I can't tell you, hey, use a sex toy. If you don't even know how your clitoris works, if you don't know if it's your vestibular bulbs or the glands of your clitoris or the internal part of your clitoris known now as the G spot, you don't know which parts of your clitoris have more sensitivity. You don't know how you reach orgasms. So there's no way... There's no way for me to give you a toy that you're going to use if you don't know how your body works, right? Exactly, exactly. And I, and that was, that was my experience, like no shade to the women who, you know, gave, you know, these wonderful parties and provided these great products. It was just like, they don't this have is great. training though, I right? They, there's no one don't know what to do with this. <laughs> and, and like people no. are training them yeah. on how to be amazing salespeople and good for them. But no one is teaching yes. them like you don't put sugar into a vagina or this is yeah, the difference that part. between a vulva and a vagina. Like they're not, they're really not teaching these people. And these people end up mm. because of, you know, their positions in a position of authority mm. around, you know, in mm. communities. And they don't mm-hmm. know what they're talking about. <laughs> right. Exactly. I completely agree. I think I'm looking, I've just moved um, and we're unpacking and my partner and I were unpacking, you know, the bedroom and starting to put things away. And, you know, of course we come across, you know, our box that has all of our stuff in it. And I was like, what is this? It's still in the package. She's like, girl, I don't know. I got that at some party. I was like, you too, you too. We're not there. I love that. Yeah. So I think it's really important to, I'm so glad that you said that because I think it's really important to to continue the education beyond just the presentation, yeah. you know, and to create the space like Women in Courts where women can come together virtually or in person and, you know, right now virtually, of course, but they can come together and be able to have a safe space to have these conversations because many women, I can speak for myself, I didn't grow up in... Uh, a family where we openly talked about sex Mm -hmm. at all. You know, I'm one of five children. I'm the oldest of the five children. I have three sisters and a brother was raised in a household with a mother and a father, grandmothers, aunties, lots of women Mm -hmm. around me. Never did we talk about sex. 
we talked about period and that was period. <laughs> that was it. That's where the conversation ended. So I didn't even discover the idea that I was allowed to feel pleasure, let alone um, go in pursuit of pleasure. You know, I didn't discover that I was allowed to have self-pleasure without shame until I started to learn and be able to have conversations with girlfriends that, you know, my homegirls over the years where we would kind of, we'd have those nights, you know, the wind down conversations. And there were times that I would just ask like, okay, girl, I know we talk about our kids and we talk about our partners. We talk about our career. Can I ask you something about <laughs> do you ever experience that over there is that do you have that too and I remember having that feeling when I was talking to one of my homegirls and I was asking her about because I'm in a relationship with a woman and you know have been in relationships with men in the past and I remember asking her like so are you familiar with something called squirting? Uh, is that a thing do you know what that means girl and I remember being so nervous (laughs) and this is my friend being so nervous and I'm in my 30s at this point and I was like asking she was like she laughed and she said girl yeah let's talk about it (laughs) and I felt so good because that was the first was I gonna ask my doctor about that you know was I gonna like google it or something I mean I could have googled it who knows what I would have seen if I had googled it but yeah but to have that feeling of okay I'm going to be able to ask these questions and I'm not going to be met with judgment. I'm going to be met with sincerity, with education and with encouragement. And I think that's what really makes me feel good knowing that there's people like you who are doing this work and who are committed to doing this work and committed to, you know, debunking a lot of the myths and hopefully removing or at least creating a space to remove some of the shame. Cause I know that, Unfortunately, sex and shame are like cousins in our in our culture. And it bothers me so much because the way that we all got here, hello. I mean, we didn't just manifest (laughs) out of a seed, you know, we somebody had to get down in order for us to be here. And I think that to be able to to kind of open up a new chapter for us as women, as black women in particular, to not only just own our sexuality and stand firmly in that. But to also own our sex education and stand firmly in that, I think, is really, really important. So, well, yeah. I'm also learning just as I'm dealing with different populations um, is that oh, there, there's a lot of shame that everyone holds, right? But the shame is different for, for Black women, mm-hmm. right? Um, it is. Yep. We are already hypersexualized. We are again we're always taught that like everyone's needs and pleasure comes before our own sometimes mm-hmm. we're taught that pleasure is like bad you know what I mean? like that this is like you're yep. a bad person for even wanting this and so um a- and we have to do everything on our own so it's just so mm-hmm. how can I even think about making time for pleasure pleasure what's that so right. I have definitely um like really strengthened my approach based on my own like personal experiences and the Mm -hmm. communities that I want to serve. Right. I, I, I love the fact that there are so many, um, you know, diverse people that come to my workshops and to my events and even more so like, I'm grateful that there are so many black women who want to do this Mm. work. Right. Mm -hmm. Because when we're I'll never forget early on in this work, when I was just teaching the fellatio workshops, 
um <laughs> there would be women that would show up to my class and look around like where's the teacher <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like who's gonna be teaching this class <laughs> Or a dominatrix going to show us how to do this, or what? A doctor, what? And I'd be like, "Hey, it's me." Oh, hey. <laughs> and a lot of black women were like, "Really, girl? Like, really?" Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's why I started like putting my bitmoji and with my black face on it. Like, hey, no, it's a black girl teaching yes. this class because it's just it's so important for us to see ourselves. Um, and to like know that there are places where we can go where people understand us and um, yes and the and the struggles that the things that we're struggling with like on top of that I'm also just I'm reading about trauma right now I'm like really studying trauma Mm. and how how to just be more trauma informed I mean I'm realizing that Mm -hmm. trauma is like informed in our DNA and it that is something that I, I didn't even realize that like generational trauma is passed down in the DNA of people so it makes mm-hmm. sense that we are, um, you know, recovering from from right. all of this trauma and shame and unlearning that we have right. to do. So, right, especially when it comes to Black women <clears throat> in America related yeah. to sex. Yes, you know, if you think, yeah. yeah, it's like the trauma, the generational trauma that started with, you know, obviously slavery, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah specifically around sex we a lot of black women are still carrying that and so I think the part about approaching sex education or almost the the re-education for for women to recognize that while we identify and we're aware of the roots of the trauma we still in this moment presently get to reclaim our sexuality we get to reclaim our pleasure we get to reclaim our sex education we get to reclaim our awareness of sex and we get to reclaim our bodies yes and i think that being able to do this work in a very intentional and mindful and purpose-driven way is what makes the work that you're doing and the experiences that you're creating that much more valuable for women to be able to say hey girl sister friend neighbor whoever let's go learn let's go learn Let's go learn something different because continuing to carry, you know, the same things around with us, they get, they get heavy, you know, they get burdensome and we get to the point where we're, you know, I'm in my early forties and I'm still learning, you know, I'm still learning. I'm still reclaiming, you know, myself, I'm still reclaiming my pleasure and I'm excited about it. You know, it really makes me feel really joyful to know it's not too late. She's still down there. She's still working. She still likes, it's never yeah. too late. You know, as long as I have breath in my lungs, I have the privilege and uh, I have the right yes, to feel do. good, you know? And so it's, it's really, it's really, it's, it's exciting. I, I just feel, I'm just over here smiling from ear to ear. Just like, I can't wait to see what, what more work Thank you, you do as you go forward and you you said something earlier that I wrote down that said pleasure is a human right and I'm gonna remember that I'm gonna I'm gonna take that with me what I time for a break time for a breather one thing that we often forget to do as we move throughout our lives throughout our day is to breathe So I invite you right now to allow three deep, intentional breaths to enter and exit your body. 
And by the time you're done, we will be ready to continue. Thank you so much for listening. like to do now is switch gears as we start to move into the end of the podcast um I like to do something called complete the sentence and I'm going to give you a couple of sentence prompts and you can take up as much or as little space as you like as you complete them so the first one is I am happiest when oh uh I'm in my element I'm happiest when I'm in my element like what I'm doing, what I love, and I'm reaching people, and I'm teaching people, and I'm spreading light and love. That's I'm happiest then. Mm. I know I've made an impact when? When the universe sends me signals and testimonies, like, hey, girl, I just want to say you saved my marriage, or, <laughs> um, or I got the ring, <laughs> or... <laughs> Or, you know, I brought my 16-year-old daughter to your event, and it has really changed our relationship and how open she is with me about her sex life. So, Mm, yeah, (laughs) that's good. I want my legacy to be. um, Full of life and laughter and great sex (laughs) Mm, that's what I'm talking about Mm -hmm. down to the last drop (laughs) okay and the last one is I showed myself love today by (laughs) masturbating this morning (laughs) that's what I'm talking about that's what I'm talking about (laughs) okay (laughs) I love it. I love it. I Hey, girl. Mm. <laughs> so the way that I like to close out each a podcast is I'm using an Oracle deck of cards called the Oracle of E. And E is in everything. And what I love about this deck is that um, it's, it's a numbered deck. There's 52 cards and each message is fun and light. So I just want you to pick a number between one and 52. 39. 39. Okay. <clears throat> Let's see. 39. The number card says laser beam. Bring your attention back to center, back to your intention. You've been wavering a bit, but all it takes to achieve your desires is a little bit of concentration. Focus on what you want, then focus again for extra laser-like precision and clarity. Relish the sweet feeling of zeroing in on that finish line. (laughs) That is profound. <laughs> I'll tell you why. Can I tell you why? <laughs> yes, please, please. Updating this training that I've been putting off for months and I've been kind of resisting and going back into that old pattern of like putting it off and doing something else and getting busy and finding other things. And this morning I had a laser light focus <laughs> And um, I took a break to do this podcast. So thanks for the reminder. (laughs) You're so welcome. You're so welcome. See, it's like you said, when the universe gives you time, (laughs) there you go. So there there it is. Well, I just want to say, Reba, I appreciate you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. You have given me 
so much information, affirmation, and confirmation about the personal journey that I'm on to reclaiming my sexuality, reclaiming my pleasure, and reclaiming my my sex education. So I thank you so much for just saying yes when I reached out to you via Instagram for saying yes to the work that you're doing and for staying committed to it. It is it is such powerful and necessary work and I'm so grateful. And the next time I'm in DC, I'm going to be at one of those women on court. And in the meantime, I'm definitely going to be connecting virtually to be a part of those conversations. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. I look forward to seeing you. Thanks for having me. It's time to wrap this up. And I just want to say very sincerely, thank you. You have your choice of thousands of different podcasts that you could be listening to each day. And I appreciate you for choosing this to be one of them. Right now in this moment, I see the light. I see the love, the wisdom, the beauty, the prosperity, the creativity, and the pure joy that shines within each of you. And I bow humbly before your divinity. Namaste. Namaste.